Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to Liquid Lunch. It's me, Hugh. Jen is here, of course, who's a fake undead redhead. (laughs) He means I wrote a book called Undead Redhead. Everything's fake these days. Even the real news is called (laughs) fake news. (laughs) It's it's, it's only called fake news if you don't want people to believe it's true. That's why I only believe what I read in the Globe and Mail. Really? Because it's That's cool. official. No, I like that. It's I like official, that. right? Well, they're not making Are money, sure? so they have to oh. be invested in the truth. <laughs> right? Okay, let's get... Uh, the- no, that's good. That, the, no, that's good, because, because most of the authors I know don't make any money either, so that must mean that they're onto some truth as well. Writing's overrated. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Okay, we're getting way off. Way <laughs> off. We've got Linda Pinizzato joining us here. Founder and president of uh, the Condo Owners Association of Ontario. Yes. And Toronto. And Toronto. And uh, <laughs> other, how many locations across the province? Uh, we have uh, 26 different locations. So that would be like COA, Ottawa, Kitchener, uh, Newmarket, Kingston, Oshawa. Right. Okay. So east to west, whichever. Right. Yes. Okay, and we're talking about condos. It's an important topic, a relatively new topic. Our parents didn't have condos in the old days, but now. It's almost like the only, or you know, certainly a lot of people. It's uh, one choice for home ownership that they can do, or even business ownership. Sometimes there's business condos oh, sure. too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, condos are not necessarily just residential. You know, when people think of condos, they actually think of um, you know high-rise buildings. They forget about the fact that it's also low-rise townhouses. Yeah, uh, it's really a legal concept. It's not a physical it's strip building. Strip malls. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, I actually did not know that uh, yeah. there's other things than zero. Uh, I'm, I'm already learning something. See? So what's a business yeah. condo? Well, for instance, okay, like if I narrow it down, if you take a strip mall, okay, if the strip mall means is that one individual owns the land or the corporation owns the land and every single unit is independent, then that would be a condominium corporation. Um, if it's one owner that owns a strip mall and leases out all the units, then that's different. Then that would be a one owner, um, you know, management company or whatever it is that owns the property, or right. just somebody who's very wealthy. <laughs> yeah, it's but, just a different yeah, way of yeah. ownership. It's, a yeah, it's way a of, more affordable yeah. way of ownership. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so as far as uh, houses, for instance, you can have uh, single-family detached homes that are in a bulk of land that's owned by everybody. So therefore, the land, so in other words, the snow removal and all that type of thing is common area, okay, but the actual physical house isn't. So the house is freehold, but the land is not. So that's under a condo corporation. Wow. Right. But there are issues around it, and uh, there's legislation, provincial legislation that governs, governs condos, and... As a relatively new, there's governance issues, right? And oh, definitely. Like, and, yeah. and those are within a governmental regulatory framework, right? And there's some issues with that. Um, and we're going to get into some of those issues today, Linda. And this is why you started the organization, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I founded it. Uh, it's so great to be here. And I kind of <laughs> missed over on that side. And I want to make sure, wait, let's stop for a second, you know, let's like time out, right? Or is it this way? I've been away yeah. from hockey for a while. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, back in March of 2010, 
um, I created the COA because I felt that we were moving towards a lot of development since 2001 with condominiums all across the province, really, and particularly Toronto, Mississauga. And the legislation hadn't been updated since 1998. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was time to take a look at it and say, okay, fine, how do we change this? Which, of course, then was the dream behind starting the Condo Owners Association. We registered it, and since then it's been uh, a whirlwind of a hell of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But really, really, really important. Incredibly important. Do you know the statistics just in in terms of um, uh, home ownership, condo ownership versus renters? I've been a renter most of my life, but I also know that uh, that the growth is definitely in condos. It's not in rental properties. Um, yeah, because, I mean, if you took Trinity Spadina, for instance, okay, um, if you took Trinity Spadina, you're looking at about 90,000 condo owners, condo, condominium owners. And so from there, most of the buildings, if you take an average of a 300-unit uh, building, um, I would say roughly around 50% now is owner to resident, meaning tenant. Right. Okay, and now the question is, is where does that ratio fall in place with Airbnb and those type of short-term transient rentals like Hotel.com and uh, what's the other one that you hear about, Trivago? Trivago, Trivago yeah. is another one. So, you know, I mean, they're floating all over the place right now, and there's another factor that's come into play. It didn't come in all of a sudden. It's been around for a while. It's actually hitting the news now. Now, You're talking about the, the whole Airbnb thing? Yeah, the with- entire package. Like, you know, when we uh, when we submitted all these proposals to the Ministry of Government and Consumer Services through 2010 right up to today, we have constantly put the statement in there that they need to take a look at transient rentals, short-term rentals, overnight stays, that type of thing, because we saw them becoming a huge concern back in 2011. Right. Uh, you know, but to be honest with you, they were that issue was taken right off the table by our ministry, and now here we are, in 2017, and we have a problem. We didn't need to have a problem. That problem should right. have been addressed, and it could have been in the new review that went through. And now this year, we have legislation which we were very um, uh, involved in because we were part of that stakeholders group. It was a um, it was a three stage group. Uh, in order for us to look at everything from stage one, stage two, and stage three, and then adopt new legislation for the Condo Act review, which this year in 2017 is coming into effect. So a lot of good changes, don't get me wrong, but one very important one was the whole transient rental Airbnb Which type is a of relatively situation. new phenomenon too, right? So it's almost like it, that, that just kind of came into play just as the new legislation was being developed and you know, maybe they got a little... But, but here's my question. Well, they kind of missed it because yeah. it actually has been around. We, we've yeah, had absolutely. these constant problems, but they missed it. Um, so, now it's just hitting the news. Now, I, w- I just want to yeah. ask you, why uh, is this an issue for the legislators, for the legislation? Because in a, in a sense, if, uh, you know, a condo owner is going to um, make the decision, I mean, can they not manage... If they make the decision to have an, a B and B in there, why is that like? Because why of common does that areas. Because yeah, because there's so much shared space. I suppose that's what it is. Is it? There's no, it's so a combination of both. Yeah. Um, see, you have to understand. Like when someone buys a condo, if you have 300 units, they're yeah. buying one 300th. Right. Okay. Of the actual common elements, so that's the building itself and the underground, and everything else. Okay, the perimeter around the building and so on. They're buying 100 percent of the unit but the unit is in one three hundredth of the package. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you need to have a uh, declaration. So the condominium declaration is actually the Bible of the building. 
and it says exactly in that declaration what can be done and what can be done. It's the rules. Right. It's, that it's, everybody... Well, no, there's another part to it. There's okay. actually... It's really... This is what happens, you see. So it's well, really difficult. That's um, why we're having this conversation. Yeah, because here's what happens. is First, you have the condo declaration, which is the Bible of the condo. It's been prepared by the builder's lawyers mm -hmm. right, right from the beginning. It's about, you know, three, four hundred pages long. Um, it's very, very complex. Most people don't even know where they've put it. Right. <laughs> it's in their apartment and or most unit someplace. Nobody's ever read, read it. it. So you find exactly. out when they find out slowly. That and when then, something goes wrong, usually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's the next step, which is the actual bylaws. Okay, that's another part of the and whole now thing. Now that's created by the board? Uh, by the no, board that's or? actually also created by the builder, but then there could be additional bylaws that have been created by the board at the time that the board takes over um, the, um, uh, the building because there's something called a turnover meeting. So the minute the building gets registered, the lawyer of the actual corporation of the builder takes that and says, okay, fine, we're done now. We've already gotten the full occupancy on this building. So here's our paperwork. You are the new board now that's just got elected. Mm -hmm. And they're turning it over. Do mm -hmm. you see? And then that new board in place, which comes immediately when the building, about two months after the building gets registered. So that's, uh, that board then has the power to do bylaws. So they could completely okay. change but the bylaws. They could. Um, it's not that easy. See, that's where the condo declaration comes into place. That's where the uh, the Ministry of Government Consumer Services come in, because the Condominium Act states how these things could potentially be changed. Okay. The next step is the rules and regulations, which can be done by the board mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But now the rules and regulations, if the board decides that they want to change when the fitness center can be used. Originally it can be used until 5 o'clock, but now they say, well, a lot of people aren't coming until 2 a.m. in the morning. They could change that. That's part of rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, whether or not, um, you know, you're going to keep packages at the front concierge desk. Right. That's rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So there okay. are certain things that can be that in the in the declaration right. that can be overwritten and certain things that can't? Uh, no, the declaration, this is why. The declaration is the most difficult. You have to have an incredible amount of owners, locker owners, and parking owners to change a declaration. For mm -hmm. a building to change a declaration would be almost impossible. So it's what is the declaration exactly? Difficult. Who the declaration it? is the Bible that identifies everything having to do with the building. Okay, so in other words, how the process is to to hire, um, to elect your board of directors. What's the process? How is the proxies going to be uh, determined or how they're going to be written? Um, when you're supposed to have an engineering audit, when you're supposed to, um, how the position of the board members are going to be president, vice president, treasurer, director, So and it's so basically on. the constitution. It's the constitution. And the bylaws. Yeah, that would be a good way. But, that's well, a, but it takes a lot to pass even an amendment and then actually changing the constitution yeah, is almost impossible. You know what? Actually, to be honest with you, now that you've said that, it would have been great had we had the Condo Act Review and call it a constitution, <laughs> and maybe people would know what it is. You know, so it's kind of like if you think about it, okay, if you're driving on the highway and you all of a sudden uh, get stopped by the police and you get charged, okay, that's you're being charged in accordance with the Traffic Act. Mm -hmm. the, so the Traffic Act says you can do this, you can't do that, you can mm -hmm. do this, you can't do that, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Okay, so that is kind of similar to the Condominium Act. Mm -hmm. It outlines exactly how a condominium needs to operate. Mm -hmm. The rules, are, uh, they're, they're, uh, I shouldn't say rules and regulations, but that's actually part of it. So they have rules and regulations, they have bylaws, but they're all stipulated in the Condominium Act on how everything is done. So the Condominium Act is the governing body. 
How consistent is that from condo to condo? Are these largely similar from condo to condo? Oh, I'm or so glad you asked that. <laughs> that that is a big. That was a was big. That yeah, that was a huge question. issue for us because um, every single uh, developer, their lawyer will put together the uh, declarations, and wow. that's the problem because you know we tried to step forward. We were pushing it quite a bit to try to get a, you know a a. So declaration that's going to yeah that would really be sufficient for all of the buildings and then literally have bylaws that would change specific entities of any particular building but if you had a unified declaration people could understand it a little bit easier <laughs> well that you could certainly right? make a big part of that yeah you know but then that would have to be in sync with uh the act. And I guess that would come from the act. The act right exactly see and what then happens? leave part yeah. that they can change makes building specific that's right so building specific, and then, you know, you think about it. I mean, we're very fortunate. We have a, a very large multicultural society. And so now we have, uh, you know, condominium acts and declarations and everything else that are extremely difficult to read. I mean, you need to hire a lawyer to really understand what it says. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's another issue, right? So, you know, there's all of these factors that play come into play, and that's why it's such a complicated issue. And because of that complexity, it uh, a lot of people buy them and they don't know what they've purchased. Right. Yeah, so, they um, don't know what they've bought. One thing I was going <laughs> to ask you is that um, yeah. uh, I understand that the, I mean, when you're talking about the Airbnb thing, it, it right. kind of reminds me of what happened with Uber and, and the, the cab industry. It was something that a lot of yeah. people saw coming, but the, the city was not prepared for the fact that all this online stuff was going to be happening and, and taking, taking off like it has. But the other thing with the condo, I'm curious... Um, so we're talking about the, the short-term rentals, the transient rentals. But what right. about, um, I know that there's a lot of condos in, in Toronto uh, because I've, I've looked at some condos as rental properties. Mm -hmm. I've looked at actually renting somebody's condo. And I know that there's a lot of foreign ownership of condos, especially um, I've heard that there's a lot of Asian ownership, like Chinese ownership of condos in downtown Toronto where there's, there was, for example, like somebody's, somebody's child is coming to school so somebody will rent, will buy a condo, and then after the child leaves, sometimes they're renting that condo. Is there a different? Uh, well, is there something different with that nothing, too? Yeah, or? You see, the thing is, okay, uh, you know, you have to understand the key thing about the whole issue right now, and maybe I can explain a little mm -hmm. bit, is that, you know, when you purchase a condo, you're paying a lot of money for it. Plus, you have to pay your maintenance fees, your taxes, and so on in a lot of the newer buildings, utilities as well. And, uh, you know, so for somebody to make the decision that they want to buy it as an investment, no matter where they're coming from, you know, they have every opportunity to go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. And then if they decide that they want to put it on the rental market and they rent it to their children or whoever it is that they rent it to, there's no problem with that either. So that's actually covered in um, the Act then? Is it? Well, or no, is that uh, the, part of it? you can, your usage is not, uh, your usage can be normal usage. So somebody that wants to go and use it as housing. We're not talking about people on Airbnb using it as typical housing. Right. That's a, that's a situation of people coming from who knows where around the world and literally they want cheap accommodations. Right. And they're going to be there we have for to call it what it is. Yeah. Right. And so it's a hotel. It's, they're turning it into a hotel, but the building was never built as a commercial hotel. The building was built as a private principal residence, so whether or not people live there, it's a principal residence for somebody. It's being taxed under the Impact Municipal Property Assessment Corporation. They're being taxed as as residents, like uh, you know, which it is, it's not commercial. 
So for something transient, you know? it's an entirely different tax code. Well, transient, it's a, a um, different taxation. Well, that's that's where we're pushing right, right now okay. because, of course, you know, you're talking about hotels. So, the the whole influx of the problem is creating a huge problem. Why? Because it's got so many different facets to it that the general public doesn't understand. So even the people that are people that are catering to, uh, for instance, Airbnb hosts. They're all glorified and happy because they're figuring that they got $250 tonight. What they don't understand is somebody shows up at the building. Yes, they went to Airbnb. Yes, they used their charge card. So did the person use their charge card at 300 Front Street. They weren't the person checking in. A gang member checked in. Four of them went up to the unit. Four or five more got the word that they were up there from an opposing gang, and they had a gunfight in the elevator, if you remember, a few months right. ago. And now the building has to deal with that issue. Mm. The problem is the building is spending $250,000 on a security contract to make sure that they have a secure, a, a secure residential home. Right. And so when you're getting someone to check in, one person can check in, go to the suite. They've used their charge card. Airbnb or whoever it is that they've got it through, they've spent their 150 a night, then they've opened up the back door, six more people are going into a 500 square foot unit, all seven of them are washing their clothes, mm -hmm. you know the water is yeah. being used, the hydro is being used, common areas are being overextended. Possibly they have access to the to the, the fitness facilities or whatever other facilities there are. Overusing that as well. Right. Because, you know, because don't forget, everything in the building, it's like your own home, okay? If you start bringing in X amount of people every single night, there's going to be a lot more wear and tear on your property. Well, also, if it is your own home and you mm -hmm. have use of the common swimming pool, you don't want a bunch of stranger hoodlums showing up in your home because it's your home. That's right. So that actually... There's a health risk there, yeah. too. You know, I'm, I'm starting to see... I'm starting to see the issue here. Yeah, yeah. you don't you don't even just want yeah. random people, different random people coming in every week and every night. Yeah. Actually maybe even two a night. Right. Maybe two. Somebody's rented it for two hours for right. whatever reason, whatever trade that they're in, get the picture, and now they're leaving and they're turning around and doing something else. But you even know? if you're talking And they're coming about through the back door and they have yeah. no respect. Mm -hmm. And I have to mention that. I, I was in I'll give you a for instance blow you away. I was over at a building that I actually own. I own condos. And uh, I was at the building and I was just there talking to another owner in the building. And these two women came in. They had a lot of different language all over their suitcases. It was, it was obvious they were Airbnb. Okay, mm -hmm. talk about entitlement. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go into an elevator with a huge luggage, mm -hmm. if you don't circle around and go straight in, what are you going to do? You're going to smack the entire side of it, which is exactly mm -hmm. what she did. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to straighten it out mm -hmm. and go back in again, no. Just kept pulling at it and pulling at it, and mm. you know, and this 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 uh, luggage was on its side, mm -hmm. you know, because she's dragging it. And I actually stopped her dead. So I want to I want to say to people out there, whether you're an owner or a tenant, you know what? If you see someone in your building, Airbnb, that you feel is not respecting your premises, yeah. call them on it. Because that's and disrespecting your it. home. Really. Of course it is. And who yeah. are you? You paid $150 tonight, so you're here and you're smacking up the elevator. You know what yeah. the cost of that is? Yeah. And I put her in her place, and you would not believe what happened. Oh, my God. She started carrying on and screaming, how dare you? I belong here. I paid my money. She's running up and down the hallway. I'm calling security. She actually even went to the point of getting management. Really? Yeah. Without realizing that... that she I couldn't. No, she doesn't care. Really? No, does she, she does have, not care. She just didn't want to get billed for the damage. No, she just didn't want to get billed for the damage. They they want to make sure that they got in there for their hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars a night. They don't want any additional expenses. Right. 
Okay, and then you can go one step further. I mean, the insurance claims. Mm -hmm. You're an insurance company. How do you feel about that? You have this massive insurance on this $80 million building. How do you feel as an I insurance company? I think they're going to feel like raising the rates on all the condo owners. No, I yeah. understand, right? though, that... Yeah, um, Hugh. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of undertow of a complexity here that is really going to hit a lot of people in the face if they don't come to reality. And that's where I'm really glad that, you know, the City of Toronto is understanding that they need to impose a bylaw for a, a minimum of 30 days, which is what New York did. So what's the bylaw? New York did is, that. Is it done in Toronto, this bylaw No, it's, uh, it's under council decision right now. They're, they're discussing it and trying to, you know, deal with the pros and cons and so on. However, um, you know, the mayors of San Mon Santa Monica, San Francisco, um, you know, New York City, they're all opposing it. Um, right yep. now, they've already uh, implemented bylaws. Like in New York, if you're less than 30 days, you're going to get a $10,000 fine. And if you're in Hamburg, I think it's Hamburg, um, they're not allowed. They're illegal. Airbnb, yeah. period? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Airbnb so in you particular... So you can do it out of a private home still, right? But not out of a condo? Or is it... Um, we're not Airbnb? really... Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty much focusing Just on, on the, the condo, condo world. Uh, but I believe that the city is actually looking at it as a whole. And, you know, we don't mind, you know, when you think of short-term rentals, you think of corporate companies who have someone who's here now for a year on a corporate relocation. Right. They need 30 days to find a place. They're put into a 30-day rental if it's a condo. Mm -hmm. They've already secured their ties. Yeah. They're bringing in, what are they bringing into our cities and our province? They're, they're bringing in their expertise. They've and I'm sure there's more liability contract. built into the contract as well so that if somebody But there are people that you know that are... Or, you know, there are people that you know that have already put their foot in the ground, right. that they're going to work here, they're with whatever company has endorsed their transfer. I mean, you know, if they're here, they're under safe circumstances, and they're contributing. What, what, are, what is an Airbnb or Hotel.com? or uh, What are these people for their one-night or two-night stays? What are they contributing to our, pros, to our province other than taking away business from the hotels, from the restaurants, from the hospitality workers who, you know, are losing money in their jobs because of what's going on right now? Now, um, just in terms of Airbnb itself, I yeah. know that there are uh, – has uh, – do people try to pursue this through Airbnb? Because I know Airbnb has a – has a has um, insurance like they had liability for um, both for renters and for well I guess you know like it's kind of funny because I know a it's lot on a of case these by case basis is the problem probably no but you got to look at the depth of the problem like mm. let let's just narrow it down and then you can answer to me mm. whether or not you really feel that they're going to step in first of all Airbnb doesn't pay any uh, commercial taxes here at all they're based in Ireland right. so they don't have any business taxes here whatsoever. And then the other side of the picture on that particular company, um, you know, they talk about insurances and we're helping the economy and we're bringing in affordable, uh, you know, living and all that type of thing. They're taking it away. You don't necessarily have the tenant that's putting it on as an Airbnb host. You don't necessarily have the owner putting it as an Airbnb host. You could have it as the second subtenant. So in other words, I own a unit. You came along and rented it from me. Right. I think you're great. You've turned around and showed me your resume, your this, your that. I mean, I've got references on you. You've got the phenomenal credit check. I'm all good. You then put it back out there and you sublet it to somebody else and they turn around and put it on Airbnb. Right. Okay, so now the problem is is that housing that you've taken away for this reason is, is preventing other people. So right now as a realtor, because I'm a realtor and that's what gave me this whole background to be able to get this started. Um, we have a shortage on housing. 
Think about it. We have a shortage of housing. We also have escalating prices on rental in the rental market. So who's contributing to that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's coming back and it's it's kicking us in the backside. Mm -hmm. So you know, so you can look at that kind of aspect of it as well. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Okay. So uh, now the city's doing something about it. Right. Now what? Uh, does the province need to think about? The province needs to open up the books again for the Condo Act review and because they missed it the last time that we put it on the table, they need to get it implemented So you put it on the table the last we time? We put it back from 2010, we put it 11, we put it 12, we put it 13. And they just ignored it? And they just completely ignored it mm. and didn't understand the reasons behind why it was such a concern for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they brought, they didn't bring a lot of entities into that review that they should have. They, they basically dealt with a lot of the service trades. Yeah. So they didn't bring in the insurance uh, associations and the associations for mortgages and the associations for financial institutions. So all the collateral and damage. From those are all, yeah, because yeah. I mean, those are all um, associations that should have been involved in the review. And maybe even the police association should have been in the review, uh, the paramedics association, you know. Do you see what I'm getting at? The fire mm -hmm. uh, association, the, uh, the fire marshal, they all should have been in the review. Uh, because the review doesn't just stay around condo lawyers, property management companies, uh, engineering firms. Uh, you know, that, that's not the basis of the entire picture when it comes to condominiums. Mm -hmm. You know, so there should have been a little bit more in-depth things as far as what exactly is going on right now and mm -hmm. what are the problems that we're experiencing on another aspect and that's where you know we kept trying to put it on the table however we do have we did succeed in getting all property management companies will have to be licensed all property managers will have to be licensed that's a nice thing we I did think. a big one a condo owners protection act uh, was new as well and we were totally involved in that um, so we've made massive changes, but we still need to get our word out of who the COA is. Right, okay. And that's where you guys come in, and you do such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so this, of, you know? of course, so the CO, Condo Owners Association of Ontario, COAontario.com, COAtoronto.com. Yes. And, and just, uh, again, let's just give the pitch for people who do own condos anywhere in Ontario, why do they need to belong to the organization? Well, because, you know, we're a non-profit, um, you know, so we can only do as much as we can, and as, as usual, money is always an issue when you're dealing with non-profits, mm -hmm. and volunteerism is another huge issue. Mm -hmm. So we need volunteers, and we need registrations. I mean, um, condo owners need a voice, and up until 2010, they did not have a voice, and I will tell you that if we weren't here, those review changes that had gone down would not have happened, not to the extent that they did. We had to jump hoops and bounds all over just to get those uh, licensings in place. So in a sense, for any condo owner, joining yeah. the organization is a little bit of insurance yeah. that they can be at the table when the governing legislation is in place and that is you know, a, a good regulatory framework is going to actually impact positively their, their value over the long run. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's actually yeah. in their best interest to join the organization. That's right. And the other thing, too, is that because we see that, like we understand that, we can't help them reduce their maintenance fees. And the problem is, is that if you don't have good legislation, then board of directors, good or bad, will do what they want. And then you have no protection on what's being done. So therefore, the COA can step in. We can't deal with individual complaints. You mm -hmm. would not right. believe we get inundated mm -hmm. with individual complaints. It's unbelievable. Imagine. But as a whole... Um, you know, we can do a lot 
So that's where the big difference happens. So, you know, quite frankly, every single condo owner in the province should be registered with the COA. Yeah. And, you know, and the interesting thing about it is, is with that kind of potential um, ability to power to go forward, uh, we've already started another program where, for instance, if somebody wants to, to get into Canada Wonderland because they're part of the COA, they get discounts. Um, you know, really? we're already working on the home. Yeah, we already have the brick. Um, if somebody wants to purchase something, they can get uh, corporate accounts for the brick on any purchase as long as they're part of the COA. She wants to own that a condo is, now just yeah, for the discount. Home is. Depot, another one for discounts. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Do you see what I mean? Like, we can do so much now because with that kind of thing, we're going to go after maybe we can get discounts on Shell or something like on right. gas. And, you know, because you have that. So, so we've already started it. That's right. fantastic. So this is where we're moving towards. So the two entities of the powers, one is going to be everyday living expenses reduction of some sort that we can generate to a condo owner. Yeah. Condo corporations, if they join, they will be able to deal directly with manufacturers with respect to different products. So we've already moved forward to get um, different corporate accounts with manufacturers, and that could be on your refurbishments of your condo building and all the various other things that could happen out there. And that means lower condo fees in the long well, run. Well, in the long run, that's exactly right? what it does, because now we're making sure that what's being done is being done the right way. So that is a, smart, Linda. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> that is really smart. That is one thing we have learned, that Linda's very smart. This that is, is like, you know, it's almost yeah. like just applying that brain power and by condo mm -hmm. owners kind of getting together within the context of the organization. It's right. like yeah. you're helping to uh, just, uh, you're taking you're taking things into your own hands, not That's necessarily right. relying on the government to come up with the perfect legislation because you guys can solve some stuff even before it, it needs to be regulated. And you're also exactly. making sure that kind of owners have a well, voice together instead of having to work on things by themselves. That's right. You know, the government side of it is so complex. And if people don't have the time or energy or interest and they don't want to get to that point, believe it or not, they're going to understand if they can get 30% off their mattress when they buy it at the brick <laughs> in comparison to us fighting legislation. So we're, we, we keep the legislation. You know, the battle for the last six years has been draining. It is exhausting. I can't tell you the amount of work and heartache that we've had to go through just to get to what we are right now. But opening that door for 2017 means direct relationships with the community. Mm -hmm. So the condo boards, the property management companies, service providers, of mm -hmm. course, and, uh, and certainly the condo owners. And let's try to unite the entire package. And, you know, we ensure long-term sustainability in the condominiums because, of course, we... Um, look after where the maintenance fees are heading and what's going on. Right. And good quality workmanship, good quality products. It's all part of that whole facet, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so there's the other side. So that's what, and that part I'm excited now. The, the political side was draining. However, unfortunately, we still have to deal with the, uh, the Airbnb in the short term. And hopefully what we're hoping for right now, if you said to me, if you had a crystal ball, which one would work? Uh, <laughs> provincial legislation is very difficult to get past. It took us six years when it was supposed to be only an 18-month term to do that. Um, we are hoping that the City of Toronto will open their eyes and, and the councillors will embrace the fact that we have to have a minimum to start, a minimum with a 30-day minimum mm -hmm. on these condominium um, rentals and short-term rentals yeah. and all that type of thing. And make sure that and there's a punitive punishment that... Absolutely, that yeah. Deterrent. Yeah, and they have the power to do it now without us getting caught in in a bunch of legalities with respect to um, you know different levels of government. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And and Vancouver, let's follow them. Geez, Vancouver done amazing. I you know, all the different things you know, Vancouver is interesting because the government of BC are much more proactive than the Ontario government. Well, and, um, in a way they have to be. They got no land to build on over there. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna get in the same picture pretty soon well, if this I continues. Know we are. Especially metropolis wise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you have to look ahead. Um, you know, that brings open a whole other course of discussion, doesn't we'll have it? You back. We'll have to have you back. I love talking to you guys. I mean, you know, it, it's funny too because a new thing too, as well, is that when you talk about serious subjects, yeah. and this is a serious one, yeah. you can get very serious in the delivery. Yeah. And sometimes people can't handle serious deliveries. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be not serious. I'm very yeah. serious. But, yeah. um, you know, you want to keep lightheartedness in there because we have so many things to deal with day in, day out, day in, we day out. We might as well be having fun but, while we're taking care of the serious business. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. We, yeah. we have to have that, you know, okay. 100%. Don't I think you agree? We did, Absolutely. I think we did today a little bit. And, Good. And, yeah, we'd love to carry on this conversation mm -hmm. maybe on a regular basis. Uh, Absolutely. You know, because this is an, it's going to be an ongoing issue. That's why we have condo fees, because there are collective um, common area stuff that has to be dealt with. That's what That's right. governance is all about. That's, so Can this I is a conversation that needs to continue. Yeah. I'll tell you one quick thing. Over the last two years, I actually was invited personally by 20, well, actually a lot more than 21. I accepted 21. I was invited, um, I accepted 21 presence in 21 AGM. So in other words, I agreed that I would go to 21 buildings during their annual general meetings. Right. And why did I agree to those 21 out of the, I can't even tell you, probably mm -hmm. close to 100 of the ones that asked, but they weren't mm -hmm. important enough. These 21s, to them they were, but not an important issue that affects the whole community. Mm -hmm. So the 21 buildings that I'd gone to the AGM and literally turned them upside down in the first five <laughs> or six minutes. And why did we have to turn them upside down? Because it's the only way that people will understand that there's a problem in the room. Yeah. What did you because do? most people are afraid. Did you take tables? They won't comment. No, I, I actually put the property in one of them in particular. Yeah, I know. It's like, what happened, right? Um, yeah, Oh, my God. It blew it, something up, physically. In yeah. one of them in particular, I actually uh, put the uh, property manager totally in, in a difficult position. Uh, because I could see what was going down, I knew there was a problem. They had spent, that building had spent a million dollars on caulking for the building. The building only had 1.2 million in the reserve fund. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, and the people that called me in were a bunch of owners that they knew something was wrong, but they couldn't put a handle on it. So my job, when I went in there and I got a proxy for one of the owners to bring me into the room, everybody was so, what's she gonna do and how's she gonna help us? And this was, and it was a building where I will tell you the most, most of the people were from other countries, European countries that had a very, low level of the English language right. very much and I felt so bad for them I can't even tell you so I go into this meeting and the lawyer has control of the meeting and I'm trying to find a way that I'm going to turn this upside down and of course I found it by what the uh, the uh, property manager had said and then from there the president of the board a little old lady probably in her late 70s I would have to guess she decided that she would tell everybody in the room how amazing that this uh, property manager is 
But at this point, I already knew that it was a problem. Even though he was taking care of the caulking problem. Uh, he was taking care of the caulking problem, which we later found out he owned that company. Of course. Oh. Okay. Anyway, I didn't know it at the time. But what happened was, is I then put the president in a in a very awkward position, asking her if she knew that she uh, her director's insurance wouldn't apply to her because she doesn't seem to know too much about the Condominium Act. Mm nor does she know how she makes decisions on things. Right. And when that happened, she started to get very afraid. By then, people in the building, in the room, had the courage to step forward and start saying things. This property and manager then the known. property manager got really angry, and he stood up, and he yelled and screamed at everybody. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> and then I stood up, and I looked at him, and I said to him, do you act like this to everybody? I can't believe the way you're addressing people in this room. And at that point, um, one as of the women, she was... As, um, a, as their employee. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. She's hi He's hired for this yeah. contract. Yeah. Well, then what happened was one woman in her very broken English said, Oh, you talk to me like that all the time. And she started crying and the tears were flowing. Oh, and no. other people told Amazing. her, stop crying. And it was straight out of a movie. It was incredible what I saw. And from there, I can, I can tell you so many different excerpts of all of this that I've did been involved in. Did they fix their problem? Did they get oh, wait till you hear what happened. Uh, the president resigned. The other one resigned. Everybody resigned that night. Brand new president. All the board got changed. Um, that same property manager um, ended up, um, of course, getting involved in some other things. And uh, yeah, and at the end of it all, uh, it's going to be a major lawsuit. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Linda, you are a whirlwind. Huge lawsuit. And the people now are protected. They have an amazing board. Uh, I mean, what's gone on in that building is phenomenal, what's happened. And, and that's like, you know, it, it was funny. For the first two or three, it were difficult to see the setting. And every time I tried to get people emotional about things, I found I was trying to get shut down. Now I found out that I actually have to put myself out there to the point that they think I'm a problem. Wow. Okay, and then people right. then in the in the context of it start to realize, wait a minute, she's saying some things that are interesting here, mm -hmm. and I actually have to put it at a point where it has to reverse. If you right. understand what I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so they have to see you vulnerable. They have to have to see you put yourself in a position where you're about to get attacked. Yeah, I'm going to get attacked. Yeah, that's and then exactly. they realize that they this could be them if they're going to speak up the same way. They're going to get attacked the same way, so they realize... And I have no invested interest in this building. I'm not yeah. in the building for any reason other than there to help by the people that have called me in to help. And, you know, and I'm taking my time. It's volunteer, and I'm literally getting set up. And, you know, and it's kind of interesting. So between the board and the... and You know, because you can always kind of sort of tell sometimes if a lawyer is at the AGM. Mm -hmm. right. it, it's questionable what's going on because the lawyer is there to represent the corporation. And, and a lot of times I'm the president of a board and have been for 14 years and we've never had a once a lawyer handle the AGM mm -hmm. on the building that I'm involved in. So, All right. Well, Linda, this is great. Thanks so for coming in. You should turn your... Uh your AGM speech is in a, some sort of reality show by the sound of it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm actually at the point of that right now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I'm working on. Okay. Because I, I just, I have, uh, I have this in-depth information that nobody could compare it to. All right. Believe me. Okay. It's, it's just been a whirlwind for the last six years. I'm shocked. I sit back sometimes and think, my God, I was just trying to change legislation. All right, so everybody watching this right now should go to the website, coaontario.com or coatoronto.com. Yes. And there's links there to the other uh, municipalities across the province. And yes. join the organization. Start getting discounts. Yes. Make sure your condo fees are low in the long run. Make sure your regulatory environment is, is good for you in the long run. And thanks, Linda, for coming on the show. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thank All right. you.
One more break here on Liquid Lunch and coming back with uh, Mark Newell. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty.